G'day, how are you going? Thanks for logging in. It's Cliff from Triple M from The Drive Home. The weekend in Australian politics, I think, was an absolute landmark. The scene is certainly not the same as what it was before countrywide in Western Australia. It was a sea of red. And I should say that Joe Spagnolo, uh, my political friend from Perth Now, from the Sunday Times, of course, uh, pretty influential with a couple of things that he's done in the campaign, is with me on the phone to have a talk about this much more wide ranging. Yosef, hello, my friend. How are you feeling? Uh, look, like everyone, look, probably like everyone else. I mean, I think we're, we were all over it. I mean, you know, from my sense as a, uh, I've covered federal elections now since 2007 and you, the work for, you know, as a journalist to cover elections, it starts weeks and months beforehand. Uh, you know, it's not just the election weekend, um, but, um, you know, I probably want a relief that, um, that I probably got through another federal campaign. I always say after each federal campaign, that this will be my last, and then I end up covering <laughs> another one. So we'll see how we go. They pull you back in. Yeah, it's a bit like Godfather Part 3, isn't it? Surely yeah. is. Now, I should say that we're, we're actually recording this before Anthony Albanese has got government in his own right. It was reported over the weekend, late on Sunday afternoon, that he would be able to govern in his own right. I don't know what happened after that, but at the moment he hasn't got the, the, the 76 seats. By the mm. time you hear this, there could be some other postal votes counted. Right. Could, could be anything so he might actually get there joe um we are going to talk about a number of different things here but can i ask you first off what did you expect on saturday look i think you know man the you know i basically spoke to you know influential liberal insiders and liberal insiders right up until uh pretty well to election day and on election day and i can tell you that both both parties were expecting you know, swings away from the incumbents. Um, no one was expecting a 10% swing in WA. Mm. Uh, no one was expecting uh, not just, you know, Swan and Pierce to go here in Perth, but Hasluck went, um, you know, Tagney, uh, Ben mm. Morton, who's the Prime Minister's right-hand guy here in WA, yep. that went, and as we speak, more could possibly go. So no one, and no matter, even the polling, no one quite saw what was coming. Uh, and that is a very interesting point. I want to come back to the polling soon because we've talked before, pardon me, about the fact that polling is not reflecting what is happening at the ballot box. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. uh, Anthony Green said that early on Saturday yeah. night on the ABC. Yeah, he, looked a, he looked a bit flustered. I, I think Anthony Green actually, it was a hard election to call because of the independence. I mean, I've never seen him look so... Um, he's normally normally a lot more certain with his commentary. He, mm. he 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 was struggling a bit, in my view, and I'm not saying that to be critical. I'm saying it was a very hard election to call right early on in the night. You know, people were talking about a hung parliament, right? Mm. Yeah. Because you couldn't quite get the read on the Greens vote. You know, the independents. It, it was a very different election. What do we do now? Let's just stick with polling for 30 seconds because we've seen elections before where the polling has been wrong. It was wrong big time last time for, yeah, the, for, for, mm. for the federal election. Uh, there was a member I spoke to yesterday at length. This was Sunday afternoon, spoke at length and said the future of polling has got to be looked at because it could be that people are saying, you know, they're getting 
a knock on the door or a phone call or something. Yeah. You know, what are you? What are your, What are your thoughts? Da, da, da. They might lie. This, I think, is what happened with Trump because it was saying that he was going to get trounced, but it mm. seems that a lot of people lied. So next time there's polling around, do we look at it and go, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's definitive," or do we go, "Yeah, go right." Uh, look, look. In some respects, the polling, um, the polling this time around, um, you know, was better than O nineteen. I mean, polling had repeatedly shown that Albanese would win government, right? Yeah. If you look at the two party preferred, I mean, really for the last year, so that that indicated an Albanese win. What it what it didn't indicate was the extent of the win. I think what's happened these days is you, you've got social media. You know, you've a lot of people kind of go on social media. They certainly it's another forum to to, to talk about your views and all the rest of it. I, I'm not sure that you know that polling is as accurate. Well, we know it's not as accurate as it used to be. But I have to say, in all fairness, the polling of 2022 was better than the polling of 2019. Mm. Um, but um, you know, at the end of the day, what do they say? The only real poll is the one on election day. There was a, a tweet that I read from Lisa Wilkinson, and this certainly made some big headlines over Sunday and then a little bit into yeah. uh, Monday yeah. as well. She wrote, last night's result proves that if you look the other way when it comes to women, the planet, corruption, bad yeah. behaviour, and a refugee family who who want to do nothing more than live a safe life in yeah. a country town that loves them, change is always going to happen. Now, if she could see that, if commentators like myself could see that, and you know, journos like yourself could see that, why the hell couldn't anybody else? Well, the signs were all there in A19 for the Liberals that certainly they had to do more uh, to, um, you know, they had to get more female representation. We all know that the Libs don't like quotas. They keep running that line that you should be pre-selected on, uh, on merit, you know, not on whether you're a male or a female. Um, look, it, uh, it, it wasn't... It's a strange one, isn't it? Because there were certain things that you think, you know, that Morrison and his administration should have shown more sympathy towards mm. or should have been more attuned to the vibe of the general community. Um, certainly when you had things like the Brittany Higgins allegations of, because uh, that hasn't been proven yet in court, of, of rape uh, in a parliamentary office. Um, you know, uh, when you had other issues you know, concerning women, there just wasn't that empathy, was there? There mm. wasn't that kind of sympathy, if you like. And in all fairness, I mean, you know, if you go back to Liberal parties or Liberal governments for a few years, they just haven't been willing enough, I think, to sort of say, look, we've got to change a bit. It can't just be a boys' club. We need more female representation. And uh, we need to we need to kind of be... Uh, better in our thinking. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why. And, and this family from Sri Lanka, mm. that's, you know, I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? You've got, they spent all this time in, you know, Christmas Island. Mm. The little girl got sick and, they, and she ended up at Perth Children's Hospital. Mm. That's the only reason the family was allowed to leave Christmas Island. And they've actually been living in Perth for, I think it's about a year now. Yep. Now, this community in Queensland has said from, the, which is where they used to live, has said, we want them back. I yeah. mean, I think the father worked at, a, at an abattoir. The community really loved them. They wanted to go back and live in Queensland. And yet, no, 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 they can't do that. Albanese said, 
during the campaign, if I become Prime Minister, we'll make it happen. Now, why why the Scott Morrison administration could never do that, I'll, I'll never know, because I don't think that any fair-minded Australian would begrudge um, that family returning to Queensland. A lot of fingers are being pointed at Peter Dutton. It looks like he's mm. going to be the next leader. Yeah. And I read, a, I read a tweet from John Hewson that said, if Peter Dutton is the answer, what the hell is the question? Yeah. Because, yeah. And other people are going, okay, well, they've got to go more conservative. That, yeah. to me, to my observation, like, you know, the people on Sky News, they're still yeah. crying into their beer at the, you know, this yeah. moment, probably. Yeah. But, but, but if, the, if the libs look in Western Australia, across the country, and they go, okay, we have to shore up the conservatism. Isn't yeah. that going, well, it didn't work before, so let's double down and try mm. more of it? Look, um, there's a couple of ways of looking at it. The first way to look at it is that um, any anyone who becomes a leader of a party when they lose government, um, you, you know that it's going to be some real pain and opposition for a number of years, right? Yep, yep. You know, given the vote on the weekend, unless Albanese and his mob completely stuff it up, you know that probably they're good for six years in government, which is two terms, right? Yep. Now, you know, you know that whoever went in to be leader of the federal opposition this week, you know that they're not going to be the next liberal prime minister. Yep. True. So one way of looking at it is, well, okay, we'll just park someone in there for the first year or so, and then we'll get Dinkum. I mean, if you have a look at it, if you have a look at Perth, um, the current WA Liberal leader, Dr. David Honey, won't be the next Liberal Premier, mm, right? Yeah. So you look at it that way. However, you also have to say that if the Liberals wanted from day one to put a message out there that they were Dinkum and were going to look for change and a new generational change, then why would you put Peter Dutton mm. in there? I mean, he's the last person you'd put in there. So yeah. for mine, and, and maybe they're slim pickings. I mean, don't forget, you know, no Josh Frydenberg, yeah. right? So, I mean, you have a look at who would you put in there. You know, I think there's even talk of Andrew Hastie, um, the, mem- the WA guy. A uh, member for Canning. I'm not sure that he, that he will become federal opposition leader. No, I wouldn't think um, so. Yeah, what about, well, I mean, Angus Taylor's name been has been. Great. But why wouldn't you look at a woman and put her in there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think there is, um, I think there is some discussion around that. But you're right. If you wanted to make a statement from day one, you maybe do that, right? But, mm. you know, maybe it shows you again that, you know, maybe they haven't suffered enough. It's you know, optics, maybe the federal liberals haven't suffered enough and uh, there needs to be a point. And again, I'll just come back to the WA Liberal Party. They obviously haven't suffered enough because nothing's really changed from the trouncing they got last year at the March election. All right, I want to talk about a couple of other things. One is the McGowan factor. Yeah. How yep. much do you think? Well, I mean, I went down to Rockingham on uh, Safety Bay, I should say, on Saturday morning. Uh, that's when Mark McGowan, you know, uh, put his vote in. Actually, turned up to a polling booth there with his son, yep. uh, Samuel. Uh, he was asked, you know, how much credit, you know, would he take, you know, if uh, if if federal Labor did well, and he said what you'd expect him to say, which was, oh, it's not about me, whatever. But 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 the bottom line is that Mark McGowan was used as you and I spoke about a long time ago. Mm. We said this. He was used extensively by Albanese. 
extensively. And even when Albanese had his uh, launch in Perth, McGowan was right there on the stage, you know, giving his speech. He was a big part of that launch. So, look, I, I'm sure, I'm sure the popularity of Mark McGowan had some factor. I still personally believe it was more of an issue of the dislike to Scott Morrison and that administration that delivered the result in WA and around the nation. I'm I'm not sure that people rocked up to um you know, to the polling booths on Saturday and thought, I'm, I'm going to vote Labor because we love Mark McGowan. Mm. What they might have loved is the fact that they still subconsciously or consciously like um, the things that McGowan did during COVID. Um, and they might have been rather peeved um, at the fact that Scott Morrison fought WA so hard yeah, on the, and criticised us so hard. Yeah, on our COVID measures. Well, that, that that's the second thing that I want to come to in this run here. We were called cave dwellers. Uh, I think it was Barnaby Joyce who this morning said, "Hey, don't blame me for losing nineteen seats. Not my problem." And a lot of people well, are point, pointing Joyce, at him. You may remember <clears throat> an interview did with me in the front page that we did at the Sunday Times. Mm. He came out and compared us to North, North Korea. Korea. Yeah, and called us a hermit kingdom. I mean that, you know, it's like um. You know how you might have a family, right? Yeah. And you might have the siblings who fight amongst each other. But, you know, if one brother goes out with another brother in public and someone picks on one brother, you know, they're going to stick up for each other, right? Mm. It's a bit like that. It's all very well, you know, for for people to internally in WA to criticise McGowan, but they don't like someone else outside of our borders doing it mm. because they see that. As a criticism of themselves, yeah. and I do think I do think the big mouth of Barnaby Joyce and the stupidity of Scott Morrison to allow Christian Porter to join hands with Clive Palmer in the High Court in 2020 to fight our border restrictions—a move, by the way, which was sanctioned by cabinet—and there was a number of WA ministers around that cabinet table. It was an absolute disgrace. It's it's amazing sometimes some of the decisions that are made and you can look back on them afterwards and go gee what why why well, they why tried to take it back. they tried to beg it back I mean Morrison once he read the tea leaves he 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 instructed uh, Porter to withdraw from that high court action mm. but it was too late again you know if you look at the advertising that was done both in TV and in print by the Labor Party well what did they feature they featured that border decision mm. they featured you know people. You know, in caves, cavemen. Mm. I mean, they featured all of that. You kick one of us, you kick all of us. We're very parochial in WA. Yeah, we are. We We don't like that one bit. No, we don't. We can criticise ourselves. We can criticise McGowan, but don't let anyone else criticise him. That's normally the way it works. Mm. All right. So... One of the other great statements uh, from the weekend, <laughs> there was a couple of them. There was one where they quoted Mark Twain, said, there are two important days in your life. The first is the day that you're born, and the second is the day that you realise why. That was really good. But then there was a, there, there was another one. Oh, and I must mention, um, uh, the hamster. The wheel is still turning, but the hamster is dead. That was really good. But there was, there was one that I picked up on, and it was in relation to Anthony Albanese and the ALP. The poetry of the campaign becomes the pros of government. Now, they've already flown off to the quad meeting. They're going to have meetings yeah, with, yeah. with Joe Biden, all of that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Do you think that there will be 
um, to use Scott Morrison's term, a bulldozing where they're going to go that, 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 and that. <laughs> change it. Get rid of that. See, Gough Whitlam, when he came in, he wanted to change everything all at once. Yeah. What do you think will be the um, – what, what will they do first? Look, I don't think there will be – I don't think – and I don't think it's possible, you know, to get in there, bang, bang, bang. I think, I think, I mean, Albanese is no fool. You know, you don't become prime minister by being a fool. I, I think, sure. I, I think, you know, I, I get the impression from Albanese that one of the big things from him will be to try and actually unite people a little bit more, unite yeah. the parliament, unite the people, and, and bring about a bit of integrity, mm. you know, back to, you know, to, to parliament. I, I know that we in the media got excited about the fact that he couldn't recite his unemployment rate and Mm. The interest rate and the NDIS, you know, six points. But, you know... It's just gotcha stuff. Well, look, you know, it makes a headline for the week. But at the end of the day, I think Albanese comes across to me, and I've I've interviewed him now a number of times, as a decent person who realises that um, there's disunity, you know, in our community, um, in our parliament. And I think... I think that's will be one of his initial kind of aims, if you like. And then, sure, sure, you know, any great government is reformist or introduces its own legislation and makes its own statements. But no, I mean, I wouldn't expect it, and I don't think it can happen anyway. You know, you, you can't. So no, I don't. I don't expect a bulldozer, but I don't expect him to also drag his feet. Mm. Just don't forget, in federal parliament, they only get three years. In yeah. WA, they get four years. Mm. So one and a half years into your term, people are already starting to talk about the next election. Mm. Um, what of the conservative voice then? There's there's a number of conservative. Erica Betts has gone. I mean, I don't know at this point because they're still working it out, but Pauline Hanson could be gone. She could lose her Senate seat in Queensland to the legalised cannabis party. Mm. You've got yeah. uh, other people. Josh Frydenberg is gone. The yeah. conservative voice, Barnaby Joyce, you know, for some people he seems about as popular as a fart in an elevator. Uh, but, but yeah. you know, and they're looking now at the uh, the, the coalition. What of the conservative voice in the next couple of years within not only Western Australia, but across the country? Well, I think, you know, I think it goes back to what we spoke about a few minutes ago. I mean, I think, I think whoever's left in the, you know, Liberal National Coalition, and by the way, there's, there's talk today that they might roll Barnaby Joyce as mm. leader. But anyway, I think they just, there has to be a review, a good review, a meaningful, a meaningful look into the mirror. And say, well, okay, we got crushed, you know, we got beaten. We did, you know, we were in government since day thirteen, so we had a good run. But I, I think it just comes back to um, them deciding, you know, what do they want to be in the future. I spoke to Nigel Satterley, um, he's a Perth property developer, mm. and he has been over the years a big supporter of the Liberal Party, although in recent years he's also a big supporter of the of the Labor Party. But he talked about the fact that. Um, you know, I don't know if you read something I wrote about on the weekend that you thought that the the, the the Liberal Party per se was dead. That certainly there needed to be a rebirth, almost like a new Liberal Party, mm. um, both in WA and around the nation. I'm not, I'm not sure about a new Liberal Party, but it certainly needs to be a more a more modern, more in touch with modern Australia. I, I, I you know, I, I think it's I think it's been operating. I mean, with due respects, I mean, you know. John Howard was rolled out time and time and time mm. again. 
Why, I'll never know. Um, and, you know, sure, amongst the Liberals, he's seen as iconic, um, you know, the father of the Liberal Party in the modern era, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure that, you know, John Howard being rolled out during the campaign or Tony Abbott, for that matter, really helped them at all. I think it's time. I think it's time for them to look into the future rather than keep looking into the past. Mm. So, do you think it might be the case that the decision makers just did not see that the world is a different place now? Don't even think about COVID in the last couple of well, years, said, but the world said, itself is a very different no, place, I, even I, since I, the last no, election. I, I think that was so delusional that. I don't think the Liberals actually did see it coming. I mean, it's been reported, and I can tell you from senior influential Liberals that I spoke to on election day, they actually thought they were going to win this election. Mm. I mean, these are not lightweights. I'm talking people that in the know. Honestly thought they were going to win this election. They honestly thought that they were in tune with, you know, with Australia. So, obviously... They've now learnt the hard way that it's not the actual, you know, um, the truth of it. So no, I, I actually think that the Liberals thought that they were, um, you know, in tune with modern Australia. How about the system, Joe? You and I have talked about this in the past, that people seem to be getting disillusioned with the system. However, with the rise of the, the, the independents, I'm not, I'm not thinking so much about the smaller parties, but the independents, does that not say to you that there is more faith in the system, that now you've got more of a chance? If you've got it in your belly, it's indelicate, but I'll say it again. If you've got it in your guts to serve the country in the parliament, uh, whether it be in a, in a so-called safe seat, a blue ribbon seat or, or a whatever, you don't have to do that now. You can run as an independent. So do you think that that shows a greater, a greater uh, um, faith in the system or not? Well, okay, so if you were someone interested in politics and you wake up today, you would be heartened by the fact that independents, you know, around the country were able to um, to win in what were very hardcore liberal areas, right? Mm, like, yeah. it looks like Kay Cheney's one curtain against Celia Hammond in Perth, for argument's sake, which, you know, used to be a 20% safe liberal seat. Mm. However, the realities of an independent winning a um, safe Labor or Liberal seat is that you're up against a mountain of resources. Mm. You've got to remember, it takes a lot of money to, to, to win an election because, you know, you've got to put all your advertising out. You've got to somehow get to the people. Um, I think Kate Cheney received donations towards $1 million uh, in her campaign, right? So, sure, it, it might give someone heart, but the reality, is, the reality is that the system doesn't really make it easy mm. for, for anyone to run up against a hardcore, you know, Labor or Liberal incumbent. And you've got to remember that the reason that the independents were successful was because it was the right, the, the, the settings were correct for that to happen in that there was disdain for Morrison and his administration. You know what I mean? There was, mm. you know, in these hard, you know, Frydenberg and, you know, here in Perth and Curtin, you know, people wanted to get rid of Morrison. So you have, you know, you have very good, talented, professional. I mean, the, the independents are all one thing, mean, you know, just on the face of it. You've got some pretty talented people there. Mm. Um, so 
in short, it gives people heart, I am sure, but the reality, the reality of it is that to win a seat off an incumbent as an independent is very, very, very difficult. Mm. Well, it's a new world, and uh, I can sense that you're driving back off to your office again now. It never ends, does it? Well, well, no, well it's, it's funny, as I said, but, you know, you kind of prepare as a journalist for a federal election. You, you start writing about it probably a year before, um, and, uh, you know, you kind of get to the weekend. I think, you know, what, you know, to round this off, where the, where the story is now in WA is that this kind of puts a focus back on the WA Liberal Party um, because uh, before the federal election, you know, there was lots of stories done about the problems in WA with the Liberal Party. So what you'll find now is that the conversation in politics anyway will turn towards actually the WA Liberal Party, which has only got two members Mm. left in the 59-person assembly, so they need to rebuild. Uh, And anyone who thought prior to Saturday that the next election in 2025 here in WA, I'm talking state now, um, was going to be easier for the Liberals. Well, that's probably a reality check as well. So you, you've talked about changing a federal level. Well, I can tell you now that, um, you know, Adam Simpson's rebuild of the Eagles is nothing compared to the rebuild that needs to be done within the WA Liberal Party. Very interesting times. And to the ALP, four words, don't stuff it up. We'll just have to wait and see. Well, if I do, and that's the beauty of democracy, isn't yep. it? We, yeah, if then, do, then, then we, we get, we get, get rid of them. We get to do this all over again. Yes, right. uh, most interesting. Always interesting talking to you, my friend. We'll keep in touch. Thank you so much and uh, have a good day today. No, no, thank you for having me. Good on you. Thanks, pal. Joe Spagnolo with us. Joe, of course, writes for the Sunday Times and uh, has uh, broken a couple of stories along the way too in the lead-up to this election. And he will be sticking with us on The Drive Home on Triple M and here on Listener.